Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hey, it's me, Melissa. Before we start, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by No More Guilt with Melissa Landry. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation meant for educational purposes. Look, we're dietitians, but we're not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're looking for the process, support, and focus you need to live life without food guilt, apply for a coaching program from today's sponsor, me. I'm currently enrolling clients into one-to-one programs, group programs, and I recently added a do-it-yourself format, the Ex-Dieter's Guide to No More Guilt. Apply for a program at melissalandrynutrition.com. I hope to meet you soon. Hi there. Today we have a very special solo episode with yours truly, Melissa. Delina is being super mom out picking up her kids. And so I decided to move forward with my darling guest. I'm very excited for you to meet. Today we have Amanda Street, who is a former client of mine, here to talk about what it was like for her to learn intuitive eating in a bigger body. The reason we're talking about this today, as you know, is that we're doing an intuitive eating series on the podcast starting next week. There's more to it than just eat what you want. Amanda and I are about to talk about the nuances there. And so this episode is to help prime you to prepare for those principles we'll jump into starting next week. All right, I'm going to zip my lip. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. Amanda, why don't you give us a quick intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive in. Okay. So yes, as you said, my name's Amanda Street. I'm 25 years old. I live in Seattle, Washington. I work in human resources in the construction industry. And I have been on my intuitive eating journey now for about six months and have been living a much better life since then and have been struggling with body positivity, with diet culture, with all that for at least a decade. And I was so grateful to come across your page on Instagram and to reach out to you for resources when I really needed help. And I'm excited to share my experience of growing up and uh, with intuitive eating with you today. So great. I remember when we first met Amanda, do you remember what you said? You were like, I saw your post and I was like, heck yeah, someone is finally talking about this stuff. We had an instant connection when we first met, you know, on that first discovery call, we had talked through like why it was that you wanted to choose a food freedom journey. I think a lot of people struggle with like, should I try dieting one more time? Maybe, maybe there's something I'm missing. I have to look under another few rocks here to see if possibly it could work for you. You know, you would come to the conclusion it wouldn't work anymore. So why did you choose food freedom over dieting at that point? Yeah. So I grew up in what I would say is a fat phobic family, a fat phobic society. And later on, I learned a fat phobic world. And I 
felt like I tried it all. <laughs> I was counting calories. I was exercising for hours a day at, uh, from teenage all the way through uh, young adulthood. I watched family members go on and off these fad diets with big name brands that we've all heard and cringed at many times. <laughs> and at one point, I knew that it wasn't working because I had seen it not work for myself. I'd seen it not work for close family members. I'd seen it not work for best friends, teachers. <laughs> the list goes on. <laughs> I knew that that wasn't the path for me to go on. I knew that if I really had the final strong moment, which I did have um, at the end of 2020, I knew that if I had, if I tried something like a fad diet or counting calories again or exercising like crazy, I knew that I'd fail and that it wouldn't work. Yeah. And it wasn't, I guess it wasn't necessarily that it, I would fail. It was that it would fail because it always does. And Beautiful. I would still be left feeling the way that I felt. And I knew there had to be something out there that was different. I knew there had to be, there couldn't be just a life of losing weight and being pissed off at yourself. Hell yes. Yeah. So again, I found you. I don't even know how I found you. Maybe on an Explorer page or maybe someone had shared something that you had posted. And I was like, wait, hold on. That seems like something that... I've thought in my head for years, but I thought that that was the wrong way of thinking. Right. Christian was telling me that is the right way. Then I found you, I followed you probably for a year, maybe more than that, and shared all your posts. I was like, yes, this one, this one, sharing it on my story, commenting on it, sharing it with friends, like, see, look, this girl gets it. And I think eventually when that time came and I just couldn't take it anymore, I said, I don't even know where to begin looking for help. Yeah. I didn't know where to turn. And I am on Instagram. I'll accidentally open my phone and just click on the app just as a habit. And your posts had popped up. And I said, hmm, I wonder if she knows or offers services or anything. And you had had links and stories and all that. And I found you and I had no idea what I was getting myself into when we first started. I just knew that you were thinking the same thing I was on the same wavelength and that you could probably help me with some stuff. And yeah. it was way more than I ever expected it to be. Yeah. It has changed me so much. And I am hopeful and saying that this might be the last breaking point feeling that I felt like that. I have down days, I have up days. But I feel like the lowest of the low, I don't think I'll ever hit again now that I have the skills that you've taught me. So Yeah. And that's a testament to you and your, you know, your grit, Amanda. I think a lot of times people share a similar experience where they didn't know intuitive eating was a thing, but part of them sensed that the dieting wasn't working and they've maybe had ideas of like, I wish I could just eat. I often hear the phrase, I wish I could eat like a normal person. Like that's kind of the wish that people have. And when they see intuitive eating, they're like, Oh, okay. That puts a label on what's possible for me. And it sounds like the same thing happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, well, all these other people get to eat whatever they want and look like straight size model on the, I don't know, Victoria's secret magazine or whatever, but I mean, 
I don't know if that's even if people even look at magazines like that anymore. <laughs> I know you're 25. You're younger than me. Magazines are they still? <laughs> I, you see them at the checkout counter. <laughs> yeah, Instagram model or whatever. Right. But then there was oh well, I have to eat. You know, like my pet rabbit eats. Yeah, it's and that's that is not uh, that's injustice. And I I think you know one of the the things I like to share is the story about my mom and how her life growing up. I was very confused how there was differences in the way that I was treated. And, you know, I wasn't told to diet or watch what I eat because I had a naturally smaller body. Meanwhile, she is nitpicked at the doctor's office by family members and friends. And so I haven't gone through it, but I've seen it happen. And it means a lot to me to be able to get this message out and just make sure that my mom's story doesn't repeat itself. So you mentioned that there was a a breaking point for you in in the end of 2020, where like, you know, you were kind of coasting on Instagram. You were, it sounds like you were working with some of the ideas. Can I ask, what was the breaking point in 2020? What made you want to actually get a little bit more specific and detailed with your help? Yeah. So as we know, 2020 was quite the year and we ended up going into lockdown and I really just felt the whole kind of anxiety that I'm sure many people felt around mm-hmm. not knowing what was going to happen in the future, not knowing that you were going to get sick, if you were going to hurt the people you love, if the people you love were going to hurt you, you had no idea right. from being in that. I very much self-isolated and I was at home. I was neglecting myself because mm-hmm. I was kind of just on survival mode. I had my um, my voice in my head telling me, who cares? You don't know what's going to happen. Just go crazy, eat what you want, do what you want with your life. And it went from, you know, me just having kind of regular eating patterns and being on a, what felt like a quote, normal eating habits and, and life habits to overeating, making myself feel sick, really just hurting my body. And I was on that cycle for a few months where I was overeating to the point of where it hurt me and I was feeling horrible and gaining weight and I was really afraid mm-hmm. of gaining weight. And eventually it led to me looking into um, intuitive or not intuitive, uh, intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which I was on for uh, when I was a teenager, I did intermittent fasting. And now that I am an adult, I said, oh, well, that worked for me when I was a kid. It can work for me again, which... <laughs> shock, spoiler alert, <laughs> work. Um, and I was not eating anything during the day and was, you know, oh, dinner came. I was quote, good all day. I didn't eat anything. So I could have as much as I want for dinner because I had nothing during the day and found myself sitting on my couch, eating till feeling sick and then continuing still going forward and then feeling like garbage the next day and be like, wow, well, you really messed up last night, time to not eat anything. And it just was a cycle. And eventually not only did that impact, of course, my physical health, it impacted my mental health, where it became something that was very emotional for me, where Mm -hmm. anyone would bring up dieting or oh, I'm on this no sugar contest with my husband where we're going to see who can not. I wish they could see your mocking body language right now. (laughs) No, it was never anything I bought into, but it was always something that I always thought in the back of my head, well, maybe they're saying that because they want me to do it. Mm. 
maybe they're saying that because they've noticed I've gained weight and they want to help me. Yeah. And I, there was just one day where a coworker once again brought it up. She had brought it up. So it felt like every time we had a discussion and I got off the call with her and just immediately broke down in tears and called my mom because my mom is my best friend. She's the person that I go to for everything. I call her 20 times a day if I could. I'm crying on the phone. Mom, she brought it up again. What does this mean? Like, why am I crying about somebody else trying something that I know is going to fail them? But why am I emotional about this? And I don't want to feel like this anymore. And what do, what should I do? Help me. I finally mm. was saying, I need help. Somebody thought, please rescue me from this cycle of terror. And my mom said, you need help. <laughs> and I love her because she's so straightforward like that. Like, oh yeah, honey, you need to get some help. Like, we sometimes need that voice in our life. You know, I felt it. I felt like, oh, I need help. But really to have someone be like, yeah, you do. <laughs> was like, okay, I guess I really do need help. I should probably like, why am I feeling this way? I don't need to feel stagnant in this feeling. Go get help, figure it out, go find something right. that'll help you. And so I feel like that was my breaking point was just breaking down over something that just felt so silly, but really, really hurt me. It really yeah. did. Yeah. In my core, I felt it like, Every time anyone had ever said a comment to me, it just gets brought back up anytime anyone mentioned that. And I don't feel like that anymore. And they still talk about it. Oh, believe me. Oh, we've, we, you and I spent many, many hours talking about how we can't change other people. And this is what I admire so much about you is that there is this fundamental self-respect that you have, Amanda, that was like, I deserve better. <laughs> like, I deserve to eat like everybody else. I deserve to feel joy in my body. I deserve respect. And I'm going to start that with me. I think that is, you know, even if you don't know the steps to take, even if you're still a little bit afraid of what intuitive it might mean, having that little flicker, even if it's not loud, even if it's just a whisper, it feels like that was such an important part of your success in the three months we were together. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I feel like that's applicable to a lot of situations in my life where I think that a lot of things happened to me. And I could have done something where I said, no, put my foot down. Like I deserve more respect than this and I'm not getting it. So I'm out. That didn't happen to me. And I didn't feel that way about many things until I looked back on it later and said, wow, I really wish I would have just got out of that terrible job or got out of that horrible relationship. Like I knew that was crazy. I knew what they said wasn't making sense. I knew right you know, whatever way you spin it, but I knew I needed something different and better for myself. And I think that I'm so glad that I finally took an action step and did that. Cause I know that in the future I'll be able to do it again with other things. But I think that it was something that was really important for yeah. me to just realize like, yes, it doesn't matter if you feel like you deserve negativity. It doesn't matter if you feel like you deserve people putting you down. I know a lot of people that I've heard said like, oh, I almost feel like I deserve it. Mm -hmm. But why? Why? We're not doing anything that we shouldn't self-punish. Like, why? What's the point? We're yeah. than that. You're allowed to exist in a bigger body without punishment and judgment. And 
I think what's unfortunate, what's difficult is that there's not a lot of messaging out there. You know, as you were growing up, you didn't have a lot of messaging for that. Your family was really into dieting, hands up, like a lot of families are. And so this was your opportunity, like many of my clients, to kind of be the first in their family to take a step back, think about what they want for their life, and then move forward from there. Now, when we worked together, we really started in on that intermittent fasting value and the the lessons you had learned from that, because those messages were causing a lot of like good, bad food stuff. We were able to neutralize that pretty quickly. And we worked on things like boundary setting and emotional coping and eventually movement and nutrition. And so, you know, you worked on quite a bit during our time together. Did that feel overwhelming? You know, looking back, was it, did it feel like a crash course or did it feel like we were stepping into it one, one step at a time? What, what was it like for you back then? I feel like probably both. But <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> when I was, when I was having great days, it felt like I could take on every aspect, right? Like I was like, Oh, absolutely. I'm feeling amazing about my body. I'm not going to fast. I'm going to do what I want, eat what I want, listen to my body. Oh, and let's talk about movement. Oh, and let's talk about nutrition. Let's talk about all this stuff. I can handle it. And then on the weeks where things were really bad, it was like, I can't even imagine thinking about this today. It just felt like I had too much to worry about. I have work. I have family. I have you know, I'm studying for an exam for uh, HR certification. I have family coming into town. I had a memorial service to attend. Mm-hmm. I had all these things coming up. And sometimes it was overwhelming. But the important part that I, I just had to keep telling myself was, you know, it was more overwhelming <laughs> trying to fit into this world, like trying to shove your, I'm, I'm a circle body and I'm trying to shove myself into a square peg. <laughs> working. Yeah. That was more frustrating and overwhelming and challenging and detrimental than this ever was. And I knew that even if one day it felt like I failed something, it was okay because that's just one day it's in the past. You know what? Just do better for yourself tomorrow. And I, even the last few days I had like three or four days this week where I was just not myself. I just didn't feel like myself. And when I don't feel like myself and I'm feeling kind of down and emotional, I don't think about taking care of myself. I just think, wow, I'm really bummed out. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of sucks. And eventually I pulled myself right back out and I, you know, today I'm going to be better for myself and that's okay. I'm fine with having those dips in those days. And then because I know at some point I'm going to pull myself right back after that. And yeah. It'll be okay. yeah. There's that confidence in yourself. Yeah. It took a while to get there, but I got there. I think so many people put off this journey for the exact reason you're mentioning. It's like, well, if I can't do it perfect or a hundred percent, I might as well not try. Especially this last year, I was reminded of the ways people can make a big difference just by showing up a little bit consistently. You know, a lot of people kids were at home, work was bananas. There was all this stuff that was even more stressful than the usual stresses of life. And I think your attitude is spot on. Like for anyone who's waiting to start practicing even one aspect of intuitive eating till, you know, when work's calmer or, you know, after my kids are in school or all sorts of things, 
Amanda's kind of proving that you can take it one step at a time. You know, you can, you can still be successful because uh, show me, show me that time in life where every day is glorious. And, you know, you've got everything works out the way to plan, you know, you got to learn in real life. Yeah. And I also learned too, that if I wait, like, why am I waiting? I deserve to be better and to take a step to feel better about myself right now, tomorrow, the next day, yesterday, 10 years ago, I deserve that. So why am I waiting one other day? It just, it wasn't something that I needed to put myself through. Right. And everyone else who said otherwise to me, oh, I can't hear you. Sorry. (laughs) I'm, I'm, my voice, I'm focused myself. I'm good. Yeah. Too loud to hear your negativity or your comments and really having your program and going once a week. And then once every other week, mm-hmm. it was really important to me to have at least a day, an hour a week dedicated to exactly what we're talking about, to being better, to improving, to yeah. uh, taking care of yourself. and now I've applied that obviously I do it by myself and I do it little chunks every day but it was something I almost let not even impact me for months years decade and now it's like no no it's every day and it's little things and I almost don't think about it now but I do but it's Mm -hmm. natural it's yeah something where it's like stop are you still hungry Yes. Okay. Keep eating. Right. 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 I'm going to keep eating or, Oh no, I'm, I'm kind of over this. I'll put it down. You know, it's, it's more natural than it needs to be. Yeah. It it gets better that, you know, right. And that's why the calls are important in the beginning because you have this hour to have like a training ground almost. So even if like the shit hit the fan the whole week, that time is there for you to say like, uh, I, you need to help me restack my priorities here because I can't do it all. Or, you know, I'm having a week where I feel I can take on a little bit more. And and so we were able to kind of like slow things down or pick things up based on how you were feeling, how fast the learning was coming. And then that created automatic habits that you now nurture and you will nurture, honestly, for the rest of your life, just like we all do. So that's a great summary of like, it feels a little bit more rigorous in the beginning, but it it does get easier and it and it only gets stronger. I remember, I think I told you, it was like, I'm not someone that you say, Hey, why don't you take this home and work on this before our next call? I was like, I'm not doing any homework. I'm not someone that <laughs> will do anything extra <laughs> that needs to happen. And I think after the first thing you said, Oh yeah, why don't you come up with some things? Here's some prompts you can answer. You don't have to. And then what did I do? I went home during that week and wrote an answer to every single question and thought about it and did all the homework that was optional. And yeah, it just, it shows that the work when you're focused in it and you're focused on bettering yourself, that it pays off and that you might even surprise yourself. Yeah. It can feel exciting. And that's a great message too. Cause I think people get really fearful. Like Ooh, if I look under this hood, what am I going to find? Like, are bats going to fly out at me? It's going to be so terrible, yeah. but you know, there were moments of excitement. Learning feels good, especially on an issue in your life where you haven't had a lot of learning. You've just had a lot of like, you know, that, that diet cycle you've been talking about. It's very frustrating and confusing and as human beings, we like to make progress. It just, 
nothing feels better than when you're making progress on something. So that was definitely true. The more progress you made, the more motivated you felt to like try new things and learn in different ways as we went forward. Yeah. And I was definitely afraid. And I definitely feel like some of my bats definitely flew out. <laughs> a couple of bats, we got a couple of bats, but they were friendly. They eventually perched on our shoulders and we became friends yes. with the bats. <laughs> yes. They were scary, but I learned how to, to cope and become friends with my demons, maybe. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, it was unlearning a lot of things too, which always is scary. Like, wait, I've been doing this for 10 years and it feels wrong, but it, felt right but it also didn't feel yeah. right it didn't make sense but I was told it should make sense but it didn't <laughs> right right it's super confusing it really helps having someone that can just kind of take that ball of yarn that's mm-hmm. in, in the back of your closet and all tangled and crazy and be like let's just pick this apart one, one little bit at a time one little bit at a time yeah. so Today in this episode, you know, is we're going to, in our podcast series, start teaching people some of the skills you learned through our work together. So we're going to go through all those intuitive eating principles, and we're hoping you all out there listening can start to weave some of this together. And two women listening who are in bigger bodies, I want to make a disclaimer and a caveat. I believe, and Amanda, I know you feel the same way, that there is a slightly different experience finding food freedom in a bigger body than in a straight size body. And that's something you and I would talk about during our sessions. You know, I want to hear from you. Like you mentioned this, you know, like kind of sneaky diet advice from people. What are some of the things that you want women in bigger bodies to know? Like, these are some of the nuances you can get through them, but FYI, these are some of the things I had to think about as I was going on this journey that might be different than say for me. For a long time, I would get, like you said, sneaky diet advice or people creeping into my private messages, DMs on Instagram. Hey, just so you know, I got this weight loss surgery and I just wanted to share my success story with you. Or, you know, my family making snide comments like, oh, I see you're putting peanut butter on your toast. You know, eggs are a better source of protein. You know, just those little like, Side cool. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, um, I see. Uh, I bet you're so excited to see a refrigerator full of fruits and vegetables. Like as if I've never eaten really in my life. Just like <sighs> little side comments from people who you're told and who you know love you, want the best for you, and have good intentions. Well, some things that I've learned over the years are you can have the best intentions, you can want the best for someone and have extreme negative unintended consequences from what you say. And it used to be something where I would hold on to it and be like, can you believe she said that to me? Can you believe someone felt like because I had posted a picture of Lizzo on my story that they felt like they needed to share their weight loss story with me? Can you believe that this happened? And eventually I started being like, that's them. And I think you and I talked about that a lot in our sessions where I always internalized it. I always thought they're speaking directly about me. They're saying, I need to do something. They're saying, I need to change something. They're saying, I'm not good enough the way I am. Basically, they're saying, I'm just the worst. You know, (laughs) I just, everything I do is a bad choice. And if they're thinking that, let them think that. I've stopped caring about that. The person who I care about is me and what I feel about myself is the most important. And I'm hoping that by having that self-love and that self-confidence, 
I'm showing them, hey, look, I don't care about what you feel. And if you care about the way I look, what I'm eating, what I'm doing, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. (laughs) That seems like you have a lot of free time on your hands to worry about other people. So I feel like, yeah, you'll hear that. But number one, that's them. That's their insecurities. That's them projecting whatever they feel like they need to project onto you. And does it still hurt when people say that to me? Do I still have the voice in my head that says, they might be talking about you, you know? Absolutely. That's right there. But the time between me having that thought and the thought of, oh my God, like that's them. They can shut up. They can go, you know, screw F off, you know, just like, right. So, okay. Good for you. Bye-bye now. That time in between those two thoughts have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter, the longer and longer I've been doing intuitive eating and practicing self-love and caring for myself. And <laughs> did I think I'd get here? No, probably not. Yeah. If I was 15 years old and you told me, hey, you're going to be probably double the weight that you are right now, but you're going to be happier and better off. Oh, <laughs> throw you right show me the receipts. <laughs> yeah, I like, hmm, that's a nice theory. Okay. Okay. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that you said that. Cause I think again, people put it off because of the skepticism. It's okay to feel skeptical. It's okay to feel skeptical. It's possible. That's normal. Everything in life up to this moment has been giving you a different message. I would worry about you if you weren't a little skeptical. What you were able to do is to kind of notice that skepticism, keep it in the room, but also allow yourself to create new experiences. And I love this description of like, does it hurt? Mm-hmm. Sure does. Not ideal. That is something that I'm truly hopeful over time. Like that, this is two aspects of this work. There's individual healing. And there is a social justice movement where we are starting to, especially straight-sized people in rooms with straight-sized people saying, that's not funny. Let's stop talking about our diets. Let's stop. Oh, my, my quote, my legs got bigger. Stop it. (laughs) It's hurting someone. It's hurting you. And so my, my hope in this is that we don't lose sight of the fact that that treatment you receive is unacceptable on every level. And this is anyone listening a call to just notice it and shift it where you can at work and your family. And while that catches up, Amanda shows that there's ways of navigating it and not being held back by it, which is so inspiring to know. Yeah. And I've had problems with things like boundary setting and I still am am working on those. I hope to one day be able to say to someone, I don't appreciate that comment on my body. So let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope to one day that I can really just stick it to someone and say that. And I know the day I will, I'm going to DM you and be like, Melissa, I did it. <laughs> what I said. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, I'm finding other ways to move around it. There's times where I'm stuck. Like we've talked about, you know, literally physically getting up and leaving. I don't mm-hmm. need to subject myself to you sitting here and telling me something that I don't need to hear, but it's your concern. I'm just going to get up and walk away yeah. or hmm, I'm just going to label that negativity, not going to listen to it, headphones in, sorry. And sometimes I can't escape those things. Sometimes you're stuck on an airplane with someone for two hours and they're commenting on your body the whole time. Yeah. And that's terrible. And did it put me in that funk? Absolutely. I was down for a few days, but again, the time is getting shorter and shorter and I'm learning to stand up for myself. I'm learning to say, 
you know what, just because my body looks different than your body doesn't mean I deserve any less respect. Doesn't mean I'm less of a human. Doesn't, you don't know anything about me. The fact that you're commenting on my body probably means I'm a better person than you. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I would never say that. Decency points, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That makes me feel a little better. Like, yeah, I would never say that. Oh, well, hair flip, (laughs) you know, I would never do what you did. (laughs) (laughs) There's struggles absolutely still. And there's things that still hurt me. And there's things that I still hear from these same people after all these years and the hurt is still there, but I'm stronger. And I feel like that is something that if anyone takes anything away from that, if you're struggling with that too, there will be a time. And I hate, it's so cheesy that it gets better, but it's cheesy because it's true. It does. You just, you'll get stronger. You just have to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Do what you think is right for yourself. You're amazing. Guys, rewind what you just said and like play it three more times in a row. Rewind it and play it when I'm in my down moment too. <laughs> this is actually a great investment for you. It's like it's like you making a recording to yourself if you need it. The attention that you had to how we kind of talked about different styles of boundary setting, because like the most important thing in our work was to make it so that dieting wasn't sexy anymore. Like that that didn't feel like the solution to the hurt that you were feeling around some of these comments. And so what we kind of did was just lay out what were the different options. And then you kind of had a menu to choose from and you could experiment. And, you know, sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes it worked, but it was like delayed, like the person needed more repetition. And so we had a little laboratory basically where you could try that on and you're right. You know, your boundary setting style may evolve over the years. It can change. That gives people so much freedom to not feel like they have to like go in guns ablaze and like, don't anyone ever say you know, like that, that anger that sometimes we feel inside, we're afraid it's going to spill over and we're going to lose control of it. And so I, I think you did such a beautiful job taking a step back and coming up with your way of being that protected the food freedom that you created. So I want to ask you, you know, we, we've talked about some of the barriers that you face and how you navigated it. It sounds like boundary setting and developing that skill was really helpful there. It sounds like cultivating general self-respect and self-esteem was really helpful to overcome those barriers. Was there anything else that you found helpful to navigate those unique barriers of being in a bigger body? Yeah, I think that the work that we did with labeling the voices in your head really Mm -hmm. helped me because when something's like uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the word is when something's just like a thought, just like it just creeps in and it's sneaky and it's just a fleet. Maybe it's fleeting. Maybe it's something you cling on to. It's just something that it feels like a battle in your head. You're your own worst critic. And I'm telling you that everything that anyone's ever said to me, I've probably said it to myself. I've probably said it a lot. Mean, yeah. and I've probably said it for a hundred times for 10 years. And to be able to have someone be like, hmm, no, the voice that's telling you, oh, you did this wrong, you you should be doing this, like the food police voice, to be able to label that and be like, oh, that's what that is. And knowing what to do, oh, label that. And then what you do with that is then combat it with this other thing. <laughs> and just being able to have that 
I, I think I told you I wanted to print your little poster and frame it on my wall so I could look at it and be like, oh yeah, that's you. Or yeah. oh, that person that has a really caring voice. Oh, that's you. And being able to label it. Like the real you versus these like messages that just became part of the, the environment for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Just some adopted voice that wasn't mine. I mean, yeah. I would never say that to myself, but yeah. I, I was, <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the food police saying mm-hmm. something. Ugh. Well, let's, let's stop that voice. Those facts. Shut it down. (laughs) That's not a good one to listen to. Um, So I feel like that really helped me. And uh, other things that I did prior to us having our sessions together was I really learned and developed this like love for clothing and fashion and being plus size and wearing whatever I want to. I feel like that really was impacting me as a teen, as a, as a little kid, all the way up. I was like, I wish I could wear what those girls wear. I wish I could wear a crop top and look like that. I wish I could wear a backless dress or a body con dress and feel confident. And I always kept all my smaller clothes and did the, Oh, well, when I'm, when I lose 50 pounds, I can wear these jeans again. and It'll feel so good. And when I did that, Oh, it didn't really feel as good as I thought it would feel like, okay, you're putting on pants. Congratulations. Yeah. It was like fantasized a bit bigger than it actually, you know, was for you. Absolutely. And just being able to say, Hey, you want to find cute clothes? There's clothes in your size. Just go find them and buy them and wear whatever you want. And if you feel uncomfortable wearing it outside, you know, wear it inside and take cute photos of yourself and be like, wait, I was good. And just things like that. Um, I think that really helped me be like, uh, get rid of my own internalized fat phobia, you know, being Mm -hmm. afraid of yourself is probably, I feel like one of the worst. Yeah. No fun. That's because you got to be with yourself. You got to be with yourself all the live long day. And so you, you know, to recap are saying, boundary work and experimentation with that boundary work, like having the grace to know that it does take a little bit of trial and error, self-respect, clothing, allowing yourself to try on the things that you looks good for you and makes you want to feel good. And then what was the fourth one? I'm forgetting it. I'm drawing a blank. And labeling the The food voices. Yes. Yes. The food voices. So having a skill to be able to uncouple the mean, nasty, untrue messages you learn from the real you. So that was sort of your secret sauce. Now, this next question I'm going to ask you, I did send you beforehand. So I want people to know that I'm not, I'm not catching you off guard in this question, but I, I would be lying if, if people didn't wonder about this question and what it's like for you being in a bigger body to work with someone who doesn't have your lived experience what was it like for you? You know, can you speak a little bit to maybe some of the concerns you felt for that and then what wound up happening when we did wind up working together? I guess at the point where I was, I was at such a breaking point that I don't even know if it really crossed my mind. Mm. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's never lived the experience I live in. I'm very much the person where if you're a professional um, and you've gone and gotten certifications and it's your specialty, I trust you. You know what you're doing. And yeah. that's kind of the person I am. I definitely felt like with our first call, we all, like you said, we had that connection. We kicked off right away. 
if I felt like that wasn't there, maybe I would have had some doubts. But I feel like you do a great job of marketing yourself, I guess. (laughs) So being able to say, hey, I'm doing this because of my mom. My mom had those experiences. And I'm doing this to make sure that people who I love and who I think should not need to suffer through this, like, I feel like that's something that when you have that level of passion, when it personally impacts you, it doesn't really matter who you are or what you're doing that's giving that uh, guidance or that help. When you have passion and you're able to express that genuinely, I think that it doesn't, again, it doesn't really matter. You make a connection and you know what? <laughs> it worked. You helped me. Your posts always helped me. And I don't know if I had any doubts about it. I'm sure on paper would have been like, well, sh- how could she know? Well, you do. You, you've you experienced it secondhand, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's... I mean, if I, I have... My mom is also plus size, um, but she wasn't always. We were both very lanky little skinny kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And bodies change when you grow up and her body changed too. And if I saw any of the pain that she... If she had experienced any of what I had experienced growing up, that would hurt me and drive me to do something like we were doing as well. So yeah, I think that when you have just summarize, when you have passion and you are dedicated to what you do and you actually have a again a genuine what you want to help people, then I don't really think it matters who you are. I felt connected to you as a woman. <laughs> that was we were, you know, as a girl to girl. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I feel like men have a very different experience than women, cis men, cis women. Mm-hmm. Like people who aren't cisgender have a completely different experience. Too. Yeah. I don't knock anyone that would be intimidated by that because I have been with like, you know, my doctor or someone like, can I have a girl? <laughs> yeah, right. And I think that's so true. Like, ultimately, you have to decide, like, lived experience is important in your providers for sure. You know, I think even with certifications and training, your lived experience kind of puts the lens on how you look at the world and problems and how you hear things and clients. So I think your advice is great to say like, what is that feature or that attribute that you might want? And I will say, you know, to folks who are looking at pages like mine, the intuitive eating space, there are so many straight size providers. Um, there's lots of reasons for that. We'll go into that into another, another podcast episode, but women in fat bodies are out here doing this work. And if you feel like that's going to be the most important thing to you, please DM me. I'm happy to send you providers who are in bigger bodies. They're out there. Um, you can search on Instagram, find people who are going to get you to these skills. That's the most important thing. Like who is going to be the person that actually you can connect with? I think studies show, I, I don't have the exact citation, but that's actually the most important indicator of success is the alliance between the patient and the provider. So if that's not there, yeah, no, it's not happening. So I'm just glad that we aligned with each other. I loved working with you. This felt like old times. I miss seeing you so often, but I can't tell you how proud I am to hear you summarizing all these things that you learned during our time that you're continuing on. And I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts so openly here today. You wanted to make a difference to other people. And I think, and I hope that this will. Yeah, I think that for so long, I've struggled with this. And I feel like it's something that, a lot of people struggle with in silence or like suffering kind of quietly and internalizing a lot of things. And 
it was really scary being vulnerable about it and opening up to anyone to get help. And I think that by doing that, by being able to say, you know what, I'm going to just be vulnerable this one time and let it in and just take a leap and see what happens. I was able to do a lot of positive changes and I'm thankful for the work we did together. I do miss also seeing you all the time and I still see you on Instagram. So I'm there. <laughs> I still get to see you, but I know you don't see me, but I am here. I'm still doing I love knowing that Amanda. Yeah, I think that just being vulnerable about it, again, it's it's still scary for me. But again, like you said, I wanted, if if I reach one person, if anyone feels a similar connection or has said, oh, yeah, my family said that to me, or, oh, yeah, that guy on the plane was a jerk to me, too. You know what? You're not alone. And I really felt alone during a lot of my feelings and process, and I never was. But it took me opening up and just saying, I'm just going to take this one chance and yeah. just go for it for me to be able to have that positive result. So yeah. I encourage anyone to do that too. Yeah. I love that. I want to add too that you also were able to connect with other women in the No More Guilt community, which is our Facebook private board space. And a lot of clients kind of ebb and flow in that space, but I know that was kind of a nice thing too, to help remind you, you weren't alone because people would post similar struggles. And sometimes you would chime in and support other women in that group, which always, I think made you feel more affirmed in your process because you are someone who really values helping others. So it's just kind of in your bones, babe. I know (laughs) it's it's in there, it's deep in there. And yeah, being able to connect with other women who have shared experiences is great. Again, I did feel like I was alone with a lot of things and being able to have the community was helpful. And then being able to see women struggling with things that I struggled with in the past that have overcome, being able to say, oh yeah, I've been there here. Let me give you this tip where you want to wear shorts, wear shorts, <laughs> just do it. Wear them in the house, wear them whenever you need. Cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Just whenever I could help others. And then whenever I could just say like, guys, ugh, listen to this. I just need someone to hear my story and say, girl, <laughs> been there. Yeah. yeah. But you don't need to listen to that. You're better than that. You're Made the difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we have covered all of our questions here today. Last kind of final words to anyone who feels like they should lose weight before trying food freedom diet one more time, or to anyone who feels that food freedom just isn't for someone like them. What would your final words be to them? I would say, if it's not worked for you in the past, what's going to say it's going to work for you in the future? You know, dieting has not worked for me, for my family, for my friends for anyone in my life. And who doesn't deserve food freedom? Who and why? I think that you should be able to enjoy food. I remember feeling guilty about like being so excited to have my favorite food. Why? Makes no sense. Let yourself enjoy the food. I was afraid of gaining weight. I was feeling shame that I wanted to lose weight. And I think that that is still sometimes there, but by having intuitive eating and food freedom, I have been able to listen to my body. I've been able to eat what I want to eat and not make myself sick. Sometimes I still do, but then I go, oh yeah, well, I'll try again another day. Right. And I've been able to, my body I trust my body to tell me, you know, hey, if you're doing the right thing and you're doing what's good for you, 
If you lose weight, that's what your body wants to do. If you gain weight, that's what your body wants to do, but it's just trusting and listening to yourself. And so I don't think you need to wait to get started. Again, why wait when you, if you've been suffering like me for way too long, why wait? There's, there's no point in waiting. Yeah. Amanda, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. Can't wait for this episode to come out and for people to, to really feel affirmed. They are not alone. You are not alone. And I just wish you all the best up ahead. Thanks so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to talking with you in the future. I'll see you on Insta. <laughs> all right. Bye, Amanda. Oh my God, Melissa. How was your episode? Well, we missed you. I really wish you could have met sweet Amanda, but it was such a great interview. We wound up talking a little bit about like some of like the special considerations when you're in a bigger body, what are some things to look out for and how to navigate all that business from her perspective, having gone through it. That's so great. I think that there's not enough people talking about this. I feel like intuitive eating doesn't feel safe for people in bigger bodies a lot of the time because of who is talking about it and who feels comfortable opening up their spaces for people in bigger bodies, right? Like, I think that we're doing our, you know, clients a disservice if we're not out here talking about this. So I'm so excited for everyone to hear this. Yeah. And you'll have to give it a little listen because really, I'm just so proud of her. She's wonderful. You know, it is like we get, we get a lot out of our time with our clients too. Like that relationship means a lot to us. So it's really cool to be able to share her story and it's just a great episode. So we are going to start next week getting into those intuitive eating principles. I hope everyone really enjoyed our little walkthrough of these like quote special considerations or things that you might want to think about to really tailor the things that we're going to talk about in the, the episodes ahead. Yes, you're going to learn so much and you're just going to be ready to start your journey if you're on the fence. So yeah, that was today's episode. So we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you found this podcast. And this is going to help us help other women like you looking yes. to heal their relationship with food. Find our show. We love that. And maybe you'll tell a friend about our podcast. No, this can be a way that you can start letting people in your life know how you're thinking and learning about intuitive eating as a process. Talking to my friends is usually how I find new podcasts. And we'd love for you to help us spread our message. Until next time, we'll see you on Insta, just like we found each other. Gear up to begin learning the intuitive eating principles next week. Thanks for being here with us and for being who you are. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.